Good morning. Today's scripture lesson is found in the 14th chapter of Luke. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And the host who invited both of you may come and say to you, give this person your place, and then in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit at the lowest place, so that when your host comes, they may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus also said to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters or your relatives or rich neighbors in case they may invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous." Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Jesus. Amen. I mentioned earlier this summer that we are in this long season of the church year called Ordinary Days. If you think about faith, like working out, this is the time that you add a little bit more weight to your lifting repetitions. When you try to hold your plank for 15 more seconds. When you stretch yourself to run or walk a little bit farther, add one more burpee to your cardio circuit. And I'm also mindful of anyone that's working on occupational therapy or physical therapy. Same goes for that, stretching yourself 
to get to your recovery. In order to get stronger, to run longer, you need to extend yourself. Even though we may not be able to sense it, we are being stretched in our faith these days. Jesus is thick into his ministry in the Gospel of Luke, and it's not only miraculous healings as he makes his way to towns and villages, but the way he teaches in the daily interactions and events. How he disrupts the ways things have always been to speak a new reality, to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here and worthy of being noticed. Jesus teaches not by lofty ideas or doctrinal arguments, but by engaging in the moment and lingering in the places we would not expect God to be. Practicing what he wants the world to know about God who loves the world so much. And often it's not well received. He is pushing people in the world to see as God sees and it disrupts the status quo. Just as Mary sang of when she found out she was to birth the Messiah, the Son of God. Mary sings, he will cast the mighty from their thrones and fill the lowly with good things. Well, that's awesome news for the lowly, but not always a smooth ride for the mighty. And so in this story, we hear right away that the Pharisees were watching Jesus closely, trying to catch him in the act of something that would get him in trouble. But what they could not know, it was actually in that moment that Jesus was teaching them by doing. Author and organizational psychologist Adam Grant had a recent social post that said, parents try to teach values in conversation, but children learn more by observation. No matter what we say, Kids discover what matters to us by watching what we do. Where we focus tells them what we prize. A key to being a good role model is paying attention to your attention. And he also shared this cartoon. Now, before we get all tangled up in Grant's insight, I don't think this is limited to parents, it's for all people. And before you feel too good or too bad for your focus these days, there's a simple truth that we may want to consider. Where we focus, where we show up, where we sit, tells the world what we prize. And maybe Jesus in this story is telling the Pharisees the hierarchy of this time and us at Mount Olivet not to focus on where we sit or where we preach, but to see a bigger view of all who are invited to the table. As the Pharisees watch closely, Jesus speaks about humbling oneself to see life from a different view pushing back at the social structure 
of the day where the rich land couches around the house where women and slaves and the poor had no place. Jesus is teaching, you are missing out on life if you stay on the same seat, especially the seats of privilege. I remember hearing a story of a young girl who grew up going to a country club and the club decided to close down. So she came to her parents and asked a simple question. So now how are people to learn to swim? Not aware that learning to swim can happen behind the lessons in a pristine pool. Not even knowing swimming lessons were offered through community education at the local school pool or YMCA or the simple joy of learning how to swim by jumping off of a dock in the summer. She only knew life from the country club view. I was so pleased with my frequent flyer gold status through Northwest, now Delta, when I worked for Wells Fargo, only to notice again the view from seat 38B and 24E when I became a pastor. You did not come here today for Jesus to tell you about privilege or how we get stuck sitting in the front row seats, the VIP club. And honestly, it wouldn't be worth God being born in flesh to teach us table etiquette. Jesus is trying to get across what the well-fed, well-positioned guests were missing, the view from another angle, and it is a life-changing view. You see, Jesus came to save the mighty and the lowly. And maybe that is the good news. The party gets more fun and less predictable when everyone is included and there's no assigned seats. There's nothing like class structure and vulnerability of a high school lunch. And so every year about this time, my prayer is that every kid in every school has someone to sit with at lunch. There is nowhere to hide in middle school or a high school cafeteria, and the table of the well-known and the well-loved are always intimidating. We had fruit roll-ups as part of a school lunch when I was a sophomore in high school. And Steve decided to make the world's largest fruit roll-up so starting with his own sticky strawberry pancake, he asked everyone for theirs. And with each person and each table added another layer to the roll. And for an instant, for a moment, it didn't matter if you were cool or popular. The nerd table had something to offer, and so did the band geeks, the football players, and the kids who never said a word. It was a complete waste of food, and it might have been one of the most beautiful examples of what Jesus is teaching about today. Of all the ways that God could show us what grace looks like, he chooses a table that only offers everyone a little bit of bread and a sip of wine. There's always more stools and space at the table. The promise at that meal is there is a place for all. No one gets more or less. 
when we don't worry about portion or preparations, we soak in the abundance and we notice who we're sitting next to. It is joy and delight and grace that simply comes by showing up, opening our hands to receive what is set before us and to be a part of the party. In a couple weeks, we'll come back to church this fall. Honestly, it's the first time in two years that we can fully be present. And we offer what we have, and I think most of it these days is simply showing up as our presence. And maybe if you dare, sit in a new place and worship. Meet someone you don't know. Try something new. Get involved to see another view. I am not sure what the fruit roll-up will be for us at Mount Olivet, but God has invested that much in the world that nothing is off limits for us to be swept away in a grace and delight for all people. And I can assure you the best seat in the house will be wherever you sit. Amen.